0: On this week's episode of Peak Too Early, we have an interview with Brooks B-S Henry Wynn. We also talk about Galen Rupp's decision to hire Mike Smith as his new coach. We talk a little bit of drugs, and we break down the new design for our brand new T-shirts. So let's get it started.
1: On your this is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron. Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I want to have your back here for a second. So, just to just to preface this, okay, I, I understand that we're not experts here on this podcast. We're not professional athletes, we're not coaches, <laughs> and we don't claim to be. That that is That is what we do. That is our market audience, okay? We are just guys who love sports and love running and are having a good time talking here. So, that's what we do. So, and, and I don't I don't want to take this this time to attack our fans, because I like our fans. Our fans are great, and I want you guys to make fun of us when the time comes right. But Steve calling Philip Ingebrigtsen, Flip Ingebrigtsen... He, he spells it with an F. <laughs> he spells it with an F. It's hilarious, and it'll be hilarious every single time. And listen, that's what's <laughs> going to happen on this show. And Steve is ta- taking a little bit of flack on social media. It is what it is. But listen... If you want a podcast that every once in a while isn't gonna make a mistake like calling Flip Brinson, I mean that's his name now. If <laughs> by calling him that, then I can make you a list of like a thousand running podcasts that will put your ass to sleep. And but I guarantee you they'll call him Philip Ingabritsen every single time. So there's my rant. I got your back, Steve. Listen, the fact that I called you know one of the greatest you know. Uh, distance runners, track distance runners, uh, you know, in the world right now, the wrong first name is the reason why this podcast is great. That's what we do. <laughs> and as always,
1: at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm doing wonderful, boys. Speaking of unprofessional, um, you guys got your wish. You got you got Trent Rogan tonight, so That's I'm all jacked I'm talking up. About, baby. <laughs> my muscles, are, my shoulder uh, and back are kind of screwed up from a snowboarding fall, uh, went to the doc earlier today, gave me a fresh, fresh load of prescriptions. So here I am. I, I went no holds back. I, I just went for it. So um, if I make mistakes, like call Flip Philip, then oh, sorry guys, it's not my fault.
0: <laughs> Love it. Glad to have, glad to have Trent Rogan back, guys. We got, we got a great <laughs> podcast. I'm excited to get, get into it. We got a lot of news to cover, and we got a great interview. So let's kick it off. Let's get into the running news. So our first piece of running news, massive piece of news, a new piece of news that kind of shook the entire running world, is Galen Rupp finally announced who his new coach is going to be. He announced that it's going to be Mike Smith, the head coach of NAU. Wild news. Nobody saw this coming. What do you guys think about this? Steve,
1: this, this really shocked me. This is bizarre. I mean, is Mike Smith even good anymore? (laughs) when is the last time northern arizona has won a cross-country championship i I don't even i can't even remember those guys were dynasty you know once upon a time (laughs) things are going off the wheels there they're falling apart weird choice by galen maybe it's because mike smith you know hasn't put that much effort into the northern arizona team so he has all this effort to to now give to professional athletes on the side so i don't know galen why don't you pick a a team that's relevant mike before
0: we let you loose i i mean this is such this is such a strange move. Like I don't I don't understand it. Like I mean, being a a, a head coach for a major uh, track and cross country program is a lot of work. Like there's a lot of spinning plates that you have to deal with. Um, you have a ton of people that you have to have to coach, but to add you know the you know one of the fastest, if not the fastest marathoner on your plate, um, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, I mean, Mike Smith won't be the first college coach to be coaching professionals as well. I mean, people have done that in the past. But I don't disagree with you that it is a little out there and a little bit – I mean, it's definitely surprising. and But to me, the more I think about it, the more it makes perfect, perfect sense for Galen Rupp. Now, I'll get to Mike Smith – in a second here but for Galen Rupp let me paint you a picture this guy is over the last decade one of the top arguably the number one American distance runner in the game doing his thing and he has been coached by one Alberto Salazar since high school through college through his professional career nobody else and you know there's plenty of people who like Galen Rupp but I think there's a lot of people that don't like Galen Rupp. And I think one major reason is because of his association with Alberto Salazar. Oh, so you what? think? Yeah, I know. So, what does Galen Rupp do? He takes like this clean cut college coach who is all about like trusting his athletes and teamwork and team building. And the whole sport right now is rallying around Mike Smith. Everybody loves Mike Smith. So, this is a huge court of public opinion move for Galen Rupp. He is trying to get back into the game, and he has this opportunity to kind of start fresh with a new coach, new image, and now he's coming into the trials. I I think there's people there that didn't even think he was going to be running at the trials or competing at the trials. He's going to be there. He's going to make the team, and he's giving himself, I think, a second shot here at his career because he's running out of time, but he's still at the top of the game. I think this is a huge, huge win on Galen Rupp's side. So... Before this news was announced, I was kind of formulating a very unique opinion and a different take on this whole Galen Rupp situation as we go into the Olympic uh, marathon trials. And and that was that, like, we talked about it a lot. Our sport needs rivalries, and more important than rivalries is we, we need villains. In order for this sport to kind of get exciting and for people to care about it, we need people it's almost more important to have people to root against than it is to have people to root for. And I want Galen Rupp to just kinda turn and embrace this villain role and go after it and have the and line up on race day and have the entire field hate him. You know what I mean? Kind of kinda play the heel. And I think that I think you know, having having the you know, you know, the favorite going into the marathon trials be the villain, be the heel would make this one of the most compelling, uh, running events of all time. I, I get what you're saying, but American distance running needs a hero right now. And they need some, and he's our only hope in the marathon in, in the high level distance running to medal on an Olympic stage. I mean, that's just the facts of it. And I know I find myself having a hard time getting behind the guy and rooting for him. And when we're on Olympic stage and he's wearing USA across his chest, we need to be rooting for him. So To me, it's like I need a reason to root for him, and maybe this is is a reason for it. And not to mention, Mike Smith made some like in an interview with I think it was Runner's World or something. He made some comments, basically like I trust Galen Smith and I or sorry I I trust I I trust Galen Rupp, and if I thought that there was any foul play whatsoever, I would be the first one out. And I think that's like. Huge words coming from somebody who's, like, well-respected in the running wallet now. He has way too much, a huge career ahead of him, Mike Smith does, to be making those comments. If he gambles and then something Galen Rupp, like, pops negative or some story comes out, he's screwed in his career. So I think that holds weight by him saying something like this. And do you know that they, they didn't even know each other before? Like, the first time that they had ever talked was when Galen Rupp called him and asked him to be his coach. So, then so I didn't if, know that. And so yeah, Mike Smith went in and like me, did all this research. He brought him in for interviews, all this thing. So I mean, whether so, you believe so, it or not, it holds weight that this guy who the running world likes and trusts and respects is saying, "Hey, I believe in my guy." So that makes me hate this move even more because that proves that this is purely a PR stunt by Galen and Galen's Maybe. T- because like I was just like, you know, I was under the assumption that you know they had some sort of relationship and he really respected what he was doing at at NAU and he liked, you know, his his coaching style, but you're telling me they didn't know each other before Galen picked up the phone and called him? Correct. Surely a PR son? Correct. I can't stand this move. I Plus, hate this move on so many levels
1: now. On that point, what history does Mike Smith have of coaching marathoners? I mean, I didn't do my my full, you know, bibliography research on this, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any history coaching marathon, so that's weird. And we're not talking about the fact, if we're talking about a kind of PR stunt, this is a huge gain for Mike Smith. And I know, Mike, you just said, you know, all these words he put out there that, that he believes in his athlete. This looks so good for him recruiting runners to come to NAU. Oh, now I'm coaching Galen Rupp on the side, like the face of American distance runner to a lot of people right now. He is now kind of under Mike Smith's tutelage that's a recruiting play right there I'm not saying that Mike Smith you know doesn't have the best intentions with all this but he has a lot to gain by bringing Galen up aboard. this is not just like a, uh uh you know I'll bring it on because I feel like coaching him it's like whoa this is gonna make the NAU program look real good this look at all these news stories about the NAU program right now like everybody's gonna be one not everybody but this is this is a big recruiting advantage for them
0: that's so, that's where I disagree with you, Trent. Because, yeah, I, I first of all, big time. NAU NAU has already cemented themselves as a dynasty powerhouse. They're already a destination site, and when Mike Smith announced that he was the coach, that's as high as his stock is going to be. I get it. This is a huge move for his career. It's a very positive thing, and it's going to allow him to, you know, have the. The resume to, to coach high-level athletes, and it's good for his program, it's good for him. It, it went His stock went skyrocketing. But let's say Galen Rupp fails under his tutelage, looks bad on him. If he gets popped for anything, there goes Mike Smith's career. He vouched for that guy. Listen, Mike Smith is one of the hottest names in the sport right now, and he was going to get to this level eventually. He was on that trajectory. He's a young guy. He was going to get there. This accelerated it. I'm just afraid maybe he accelerated it with the wrong guy. I think this is very good. And, and Steve, whether you want to say it's a PR star or not, that's one thing. I, I can get behind that. But I think this is a huge win for Galen Rupp and his reputation, and I think it's a bit of a risky move for Mike Smith. It, it might pan out, and I think it it will be uh, a good thing in many ways for his career, but it could be a very, very risky one. Well, I think the big – you know thinking about it, the biggest loser – in this whole situation would be the NAU cross country program, because this is kind of the beginning of the, the beginning of the end of Mike Smith's collegiate co- coaching career, because, you know, I believe that he, he can take a runner like Galen Smith and have tons of success with him And that's the beginning of his like, you know, uh you know, elite professional coaching career outside of the NCAA. Um, so, you know, You start taking on other athletes, I don't think you can really do both. I don't think you can be, you know, a professional elite coach. You know, maybe he gets an offer from a brand to kind of take over their program. Um, So, you know, I think this might be the beginning of the end of the, you know, Mike Smith era in NAU. Maybe the hottest take is the biggest loser in this is the listeners have peaked too early because now we were just forced to talk about galen Ruff for 15 minutes the most boring guy on planet Earth. no no i disagree mike like i think he i think that there's a there's a level of excitement that wouldn't exist if everybody was like buddy buddy and like you know everybody loved each other and you know there was no speculation kind of going into the trials like this 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 makes the story compelling going into into the the marathon trials and like i said you know whether you like it or not Having a villain, having something, somebody that everybody wants to root against is going to make that race exciting. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, anyways, on the same note, and I hate the fact that this is kind of the the perpetual topic at the top of the show. Talk drugs, baby. Well, we're going to talk a little more drugs. Um, talk drugs. Wilson Kipsang suspended for anti doping violation. So now Wilson Kipsang was the world record holder in the marathon or in the marathon before Kipchoge. What do you guys think about this? Steve can, what song would be like a good song to have in the background every time we have to talk about drugs? I feel like hmm. we should have some background Scooby. music for uh for for talking drugs. What about like um so we could go one of two ways. You could do, like, you know, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Yeah, yeah that. You, gonna, you could do that, or you could, like, do, like, some... Ride like and super, dirty, do riding oh, that's, dirty. Riding dirty. That's a good one. A Come, little chameleon I love yeah, that. I, right. I was gonna go... Or you could go, like, you know, some, like, like super, like, you know, stoner, like, Bob Marley music. Oh, that's good. All right, so I here, like what, Ride and dirty. I think all right, Ride so is. we'll play riding and dirty, and here's the rule. We can't talk longer about drugs than the song Riding Dirty by Chameleon So we'll play that low in the background. And if we talk longer than that, then I don't, I don't know what the punishment would be, but there should be some kind of punishment. What, one,
1: one revision to the rule. We can't talk about performance-enhancing drugs for longer. Well, that's Trent. broken over here. May want to have some interesting <laughs> conversation about all sorts of other fun stuff. But yeah, we don't got to talk PEDs or, or blood doping for more than um, whatever, whatever we make the rule to be. How long? How
0: long is the song? We gotta have like a, a reference for how long the song is. So let's see here. I'm just like a, rolling the hey
1: and
0: let's see, let's see what's the what's the length of the song. So it's four it's four minutes and four seconds. So we oh, can't man. talk That's about way those... longer than I thought. Yeah, we, we yeah, could just so... do like a couple verses of it. Okay, <laughs> okay, Mike. So uh, let me get the stopwatch going. All right. So what's your take on this? So my take is. I think we should just start, like, getting behind, like, just defending all these people using drugs. And I'm joking, I don't actually (laughs) mean that. But it's going to be the same, if we don't find a better way to, like, have more interesting conversation about this, it's going to be the same damn thing every single time, because I can promise you, this isn't gonna be the last time we're talking about it. It's it's gonna riddle. It's a 2020 Olympic year. It's gonna be part of the conversation throughout the whole year. And I guarantee you, the biggest name of this whole scandal. I mean, this guy was a world record holder in the marathon. We have not heard the biggest name that's gonna drop in this scandal. Someone's there's gonna be bigger and bigger names and someone that's gonna blow your mind. What are you saying by that, Mike? I'm I'm not. So a names former out, world record holder. Is gonna out. be the I'm not throwing any names out there. I'm just telling you. This isn't where it's gonna stop. It's not stopping now. So uh, I don't know. We gotta find a, a more interesting way to talk about this cheating crap because nobody wants to talk about it. It's
1: terrible for the sport. How about, how about this for a little a little angle on the story? Maybe you guys already knew this. I did not. Just read that kenya so the, the home country for the latest person tied up in the in the perform enhancing drug scandal they say they plan to impose criminal penalties including possible jail terms on athletes caught doping by the summer of 2020 so kenya said a lot of people get busted recently and their government not just their track governing bodies their government is taking it super seriously and we could see kip Sang behind bars that's
0: well you that's know what's a, interesting step is i was reading an article that kip saying over the last few years has like spoken out super yeah. hardcore about kenya's process for this whole thing and how you know they don't do a good job informing their athletes and this and that and the other thing so we probably should have saw this coming because he was very vocal about kenya's uh you know the way that they handle their athletes basically and so we, pro- we probably should have seen him coming and now the way the handle their athletes is going to put him behind bars like you said so you know I've been thinking a lot about this and how do you like what's like a significant step towards ending this um, and one thing that kind of came to mind why not get the sponsors involved like why not in, if, if, if if one of your athletes and your you know, one of the sponsor brands gets popped for something like this, then the brand gets fined or something like that. I don't know how that would work out. I'm just trying to brainstorm ways that, that they could potentially take and take steps towards ending this because, you know, the current system it's 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 not doing anything.
1: I mean has any sport really like figured it out? Uh, especially sports like running that's really just a, a physical um, you know who, who's in better shape, or who can do this specific thing better than another. Like we see it in all these types of sports, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know if there's the right answer. Like I certainly don't have a good idea for how to uh, properly handle this.
0: I mean, you turn on Sports Center right now, and you're gonna hear about cheating scandals in football. You're gonna hear about cheating scandals in baseball. You're gonna hear about that all day long. The problem is our sport isn't big enough right now to handle this crap. Football, baseball, even baseball, which is a you know a lot of people consider a dying sport it'll be final it'll handle it our sport can't handle this crap right now people are gonna turn away and leave the sport
1: yeah I guess this is really all that gets covered when you're looking at these articles you don't have to go to let's run or flow track or wherever you go to to read about running stuff this is on Guardian ESPN this is on real major news websites and it's the only running stories that make those websites and while you're dealing with world records like I mean.
0: You know, it's it, it it puts everything into question. Right? Would you rather talk about shoes or drugs? Uh, uh,
1: shoes. Uh, shoes.
0: shoes. Drugs. I think shoes, just because at least I can get more passionate about it. I'd be yelling and people for having ridiculous. We're it. That's it. Done. The buzzer. It. And that right. was and that was talking drugs. That was, that was, that was riding dirty with P too early. Um, <laughs> All right, we are going to get into our interview with uh, Henry Wynn of the Brooks Beast Track. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands gold. No... All right, we are joined by the 2016 NCAA Indoor Mile Champion. He's a 351 miler, and he was a runner-up at the U.S. Indoor Mile Champion, Championship. Henry, Wynn, Welcome to Peak Too Early.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Oh, we're excited to have you. So we are calling you from Albuquerque. So I assume you're getting in some uh, some uh, altitude training in.
2: Yep, doing some altitude training up here for about six weeks. Um, been here for a week, so getting used to it finally. But it's been going well so far.
0: So what do you got? What do you got next on the calendar?
2: Um, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, I'm thinking I might open up at UW. or uh, I think it's February 1st. Uh, I haven't raced in a little while, so just getting back into shape right now and focusing on that, but then hopefully, uh, U and maybe us championships as well.
0: Any, uh, any indoor miles out here on the East coast?
2: Um, uh, I think there's talk about another fast one at BU, but uh, I haven't heard too much about that. We might try to get All Josh right. Kerr to pace some of our guys. <laughs>
0: Very nice. Well, hey, my my first question for you is, you know, looking at your career, you seem to have a ton of success at the indoor races. Is there something that you like about racing indoor versus outdoors?
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure. I'm trying to you know change that to be more successful outdoors, but indoors is fun. Um, I think it's just there's not not as many conditions to deal with. Um, it's early in the season, so you're in good shape, feeling healthy, all that kind of stuff, and I'm I've talked about this with with people they think maybe it's because I'm big and I can kind of box people out more and use that to my advantage but uh no I'm not not too sure why that's the case
1: last on last week's pod we were talking about the electric atmosphere of the indoor races where you know the when the crowd gets going it really gets loud in there on like an outdoor track do, do you feel that when you're out there is it is it more energy from the crowd when you're racing in indoor
2: Oh, for sure. That um, The race that I ran 351 in last year where Yelmif you know, to set that world record at BU was probably the craziest race I've ever been in just because, you know, BU doesn't house that many people, but they were screaming for like 10 minutes after the race. It was – that was fun.
1: It is BU just – I think everyone here has run on the BU track. Is BU track just the greatest thing in in the entire Like, I don't care if you're you're running a seven-minute mile. You feel like you're going so damn fast going around those corners. And like you said, there's not that many seats, but it does have kind of that stadium seating vibe to it. It's it's just the best, right?
2: Oh, I love it. And I feel like if you open up a season there and have a big race, you're always confident that you're going to run fast. So I think it plays into uh, the fact that people normally do run pretty fast there.
0: Henry, I think I have a, a solution for your uh, for your outdoor racing here. So I remember watching you in the um, finals at USA's um, this past year, and I, that, that's when I became a big fan of you because I remember watching your race and being like, "Wow, I love the way this guy races." You made a big move, you know, in the middle of the race. You kind of went to the front of the pack and started pushing the pace a little bit. And I swear to God, if you had run you know, maybe 200 meters less of that race in lane three, you were going to win it. <laughs> I was I was like, man, this guy <laughs> just ran like 1,700 meters on this. So, I I think that's the solution right there. You you would have won yeah, by I've like
2: got a, I've, <laughs> I've watched that race a few times and I kick myself <laughs> every time. I'm like, what was I doing out there? But it was, uh, I mean, it was my first US final and I thought I had a chance of winning. So, I said, I'm just going to send it, see what happens. And unfortunately, didn't play out quite as I had dreamed. But looking back on it, uh, I think I could have spent a little more time close to the rail.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you agree with me because I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Henry. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've got no, no. That's a, that's a good take. I've had coach my coach Danny roast me for it. I've had my teammates roast me for it. I've had friends roast me for it. So I'm used to hearing it. And I, and the good thing is, at least I agree. <laughs> I can tell you this much: I won't be making that mistake this year.
1: Yeah, you're talking about the the ability you have to throw bows and everything. That's that's way more valuable on the inside than on the outside. You want to be able to to get in there and you know you can hit hit somebody right in like the chest, right in the neck with it with that right elbow on the inside of the track.
2: I know it's uh, it's it's a blessing and a curse because I'm one of the bigger guys out there, but uh, I also have a big kickback, so it's easy to get tripped up, and that's happened a few times. But it's nice to have you know be a little bigger. I'm thinking one of the tallest guys out there, and so I can kind of assert myself a bit.
0: What's um when you're when you're lining up at the USA Championship like that, and you're lining up against you know the best runners in the country, what's going through your mind? Are you are you kind of like I think there's two different mindsets you can be in. It can be one of these things where it's like what the hell am I doing here? How did I get here? Or it's like, you're just like, I'm going up against the best in the world, and I'm going to try to beat them today.
2: Yeah, it was was an interesting situation I found myself in, because I went into USA's this year with the number one time, and it was my first U.S. champs. And so I think there was was a little pressure on me in that sense, but I wasn't feeling it too much, because I'm like, you know, I've got Matt Centrowitz in the race. I've got Craig Engels in the race. Some guys who I've raced before who are friends and who I know have been extremely successful in the past. So it's like, I'm not thinking about the fact that I had the fastest time or anything. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm just going to go into it. And I believe whenever you get into a championship, no matter what, anything can happen. Like, it doesn't matter who's number one, who's last. So the 2016 mental blade indoors that I won, I think I was ranked last place. and I went into it as confident as anybody else, I think.
0: Yeah, you mentioned some big names that were in that race with you, but none of them have quite as good of a track name as you. I mean, Henry Wynn, Your last name is literally <laughs> Win. Rate your, uh, rate your name as far as a track star goes.
2: Shoot, I, I don't know if I've heard any better ones. I think <laughs> if I start winning a lot this year or something like that, it's gonna, it's gonna come in handy. It did back yeah. in the day in high school and college and stuff. So.
0: What, just, what uh, is the, back on. what are the nicknames that get generated out of that?
2: There was like, I remember everybody would just be like, oh, like all he does is win. All you do is win. Remember that DJ Khaled song? That was, oh, that was yeah. a little bit that my friends would joke with me. Uh, I think the biggest stretch I ever heard was gone with the win. That oh, was, I like. Don't know where they yeah. came up with that one.
0: But uh... <laughs> <laughs> What about, what about Sanity? I, I like
2: won. that. Now, yeah, I think they. I think that's a good one. If you want to, guys want to start that, I'd be happy. Oh, now I'll that saying that he's kind of in the rear view.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> I I gotta imagine there there could be a little like, you know, a museum of all the ridiculous signs out there, right? Like people have those dumb dumb signs that you see when you're running by, they're trying to get on TV or something. Um, all all the all the Henry Wynn signs. That must be a good collection. <laughs> Maybe we have yeah, to like start to have it. I don't know. Those.
2: Maybe bring them to my room. <laughs> Uh, some of those signs are less motivational than people think I, I'm, i you know, they are they're out there at a road race and it's just like, just finish. You're like, Oh wow. I didn't think about that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, so you, you mentioned your coach, uh, Danny Mackey, and he's a, he's somebody that we've had on the podcast uh, not too long ago, actually last month. Um, what's it like running for Danny?
2: Oh, it's awesome running for Danny. And I like to, um, I like listening to you guys' podcast because he explained a lot of his, his reasoning behind things and it was good to get a little insight in his mind. Cause sometimes he's, you know, he's a, he's not, he's a quiet kind of guy at practice. He's very, um, he, he met, he's very like methodical with the things that he does. And so that's awesome because he puts a lot of thought into every single workout, every single lift. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some coaches, luckily I've had great coaches in the past, but you know, some people are doing workouts like I have no idea why I'm doing this. And it's, you ask Danny why you're doing something, he's got some scientific long explanation that you get lost mm-hmm. in halfway, and you're like, all right, all right, I get it, we got it, we'll do it.
0: So this is a question that might uh, lose a lot of our listeners, but I'm going to go for it anyways, because that's what I do. Um, who, Speaking of Danny Mackey, who has had a bigger impact on your racing career, uh, Coach Danny Mackey or Coach Jonathan Foster?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna to have to go with Danny, and you know he's. I gotta give him the the love on that one. Sorry to Johnny Foster. I, mean, I know he was a uh, he's a big influence back in the day.
1: Speaking of uh, Coach Foster, ca- I think that was my first captain ever. There we go. <laughs> so Coach Foster was a, a teammate of or team of mine in college. You know Mike and I knew him well. I roomed with him a couple of years. Um, he did have a celebrity question to shout in here. So you just mentioned he was your senior captain. His question was, how did John's senior leadership when you were a freshman set the table for your success.
2: <laughs> oh wow, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give him a lot of credit there. Those guys whipped me into shape when I was a freshman. I was kind of uh, a troublemaker kid, so I'll, I'll give him some love and say that he helped me out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, what kind of troublemaker are you getting into? I feel like track stars, you know, the it's pretty lame trouble that they get into.
2: Uh, I was just. Always getting in trouble in school, getting detentions and things like that, and kind of track set me set me well, it's lame set me on track. But <laughs> I uh, yeah, it it whipped me into shape, and you know I didn't want to disappoint my coaches like or my coach like Laddie in high school, or my captains like Johnny. So I stopped um, messing around quite as much and stopped getting detentions and
1: doing dumb stuff with my friends.
2: Still every Maybe. once in a while, but not not as often.
1: Maybe it wasn't the track runner in you that was getting you in trouble. Maybe it was the lax bro in you, because I understand you're, you're a lax bro. Uh, <laughs> do you want to blame it all on your your lax history?
2: Yeah, I'll blame I'll blame it on that. I had the lax bro flow. I had all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, once I I started being good at track, I cut the hair, I dropped the attitude, and I became <laughs> I think I became a little bit of a better person. <laughs>
1: how do we How do we get runners to talk cool like lax bros do? What, what, what <laughs> no, is, no, we don't need to, to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys ever
2: watched the old YouTube video my new haircut, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've ever heard of that one. It's got that was uh, that was actually my lacrosse coach when I was in middle school.
1: <laughs> no way. No
2: way. <laughs> so I think he might have had you know positive and negative influence. I'm not sure which one, but
1: yeah, that's where I learned it from.
0: <laughs> Mike, you gotta put in a uh, a drop from that right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'll put that in. <laughs> fucking
1: game time. Excuse me, sir. You have to check in. Not now, chief. I'm in the fucking zone. I'm gonna get fucking wasted tonight. I'm gonna drink Heineken's and Jägerbombs all fucking night. Jägerbombs? Fucking
0: shower in that shit. Fucking Jägerbombs. 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 Fucking Jägerbombs. 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 All right, all right. Enough, enough of these, enough of these clowns questions. Back to the, back to the serious questions here. Um, so you know, like you said, we had Danny Mackey on. Um, you know, we've had a couple people from the Brooks Beast team on, and I'm fascinated by the Brooks Beast team. I think it's just a really unique group. It's a really unique training group, and a and a really fun group. And, you know, when we had Danny on, he was talking to us about how it was recruit day at Brooks and he was having all of his potential recru- recruits out to uh, out to the office to kind of, you know, try to get him to to join the beast. Um, can you take us through a little bit your decision to kind of join the beast and kind of and go and go to Brooks, um, you know, kind of what went into that decision?
2: Yeah, it was. um So it, it was kind of an interesting path for me because I had done really well my junior year in college. And my senior year uh, was less than perfect, I would say. I had a knee problem I needed to get surgery for. I had um, come NCAA regionals outdoors. I got pneumonia, actually, so I didn't even make NCAAs. I was uh I was out in Portland, though. I watched NCAAs from my hotel room because I was at the Portland Track Festival. So um, I got to give Danny a lot of credit, and I always say that, like, he believed in me. And so I really appreciated that. And so... Yeah, whenever i'm racing or training i i want to make sure i'm making him proud and i think we've done a good job as a team together um me, him and i uh, improving and getting better and racing well so hopefully he feels like he made a good decision uh it was actually between the brooks beast in seattle obviously closer to connecticut wh- where my family is and the melbourne track club was the other team <laughs> really yeah i think i'm wow i love those guys and i've met ryan gregson and all them and they seem like a great group of guys but i'm I'm glad i
0: stayed in the states yeah when you said when you said a little bit closer to your home in connecticut i was like what team is he gonna say
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah my um my coach pete watson in college his advice you know he's a fanatic for running and he made a lot of sacrifices to get to where he is and his advice is like just go to whatever team wants you you know, you can get good anywhere. Uh, he liked Danny. He liked the beast. He's like, if they offer you a thousand dollars, go out there and live in a cardboard box. <laughs> and luckily, they, luckily it was a better <laughs> offer than that. But that was my mindset going into it. For sure.
1: Did, did you do an official visit in Melbourne?
2: Uh, I did not. I think I was actually, I had to cut the, or break the news to Melbourne when I was out doing my visit with the beast. I just, I decided kind of then and there that, that was going to be a better fit for me. And I think it's worked out. The team's been building since I got there and we've had, we have some great guys and everybody's been improving.
1: You, you yeah. got in a wrestling match with Brandon Kidder and Josh Kerr <laughs> and you just couldn't, you couldn't leave.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to face Brandon cause I know he's tough, but I, I can take Josh on. <laughs> yeah,
0: nice. Did you, did you uh, actually, actually you uh, reached out to us and, and said that you got some good stories from that. Did you, did you take one of them on? Do you show them, uh, show them what you're made of?
2: Yeah, I wish I had, you know, I think Josh is somewhere in the house right now to dispute this, but I was grinding <laughs> him into the mat for a while during Jujitsu, and he doesn't like to admit it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he would be but the last I, uh, person I, to admit that.
2: <laughs> oh, definitely the last person. But then I have to admit that I went up against the uh, the lady who owns the place, and she's about 140 pounds, and she put me in a pretzel and choked me out in about two seconds. So, oh
1: boy, not as tough <laughs> as that makes me sound. <laughs> oh man what what what's that house like how many how many brooks beasts are living in that house i feel like this is now becoming a a more like famous and famous house just from our, our interview with folks
2: oh right yeah right now we're in albuquerque so josh doesn't live with us but back in seattle we've got uh brandon kidder and drew window and i and then we have two other roommates and two dogs so it's a it's a crowded place shout out to paulie and aldo our dogs um but it's it's an awesome house it's been handed down through through the team for a little while now and i think the landlord just doesn't realize that it's the rent is the cheapest rent in <laughs> seattle so
0: we're happy to stay there <laughs> you you're kind of talking about your but decision to, to remember, yeah. you're kind of talking about your decision to you know make the the deal with brooks and to go with brooks Beats. how much is because we love talking to the brooks Beats guys every time we talk to you guys it seems like you guys have the Coolest personalities, awesome guys. How much does that play into the decision to be on that team and and sticking with them? Is just having such a, a good group of people that you train with every day.
2: For me, uh, that's huge because you know I, I've heard a lot of people training on their own, and one Garrett he to he used to train on his own, and he's told me about it, and that's something I don't think I would thrive in. I love having like the accountability of a team, and it makes it I don't even know I'll give it a million times better being with people that you actually enjoy spending time with, like we're friends, we hang out outside of practice. We play video games together. We do all that. And then we get to train together and talk trash and, you know, run hard in practice. It's, it's a lot of fun. And so hopefully people see that when they're watching, you know, videos of us or listen to interviews and it makes people more interested in following the team or joining the team in the future. It's, It's a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey Henry, we don't we don't want to take up your whole night. This has been a ton of fun talking to you, um, and you know it goes without saying. 2020 is a, a big year, and we're really looking forward to to watching you race this year. Um, but we end every interview with a quick game. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch. You are a native uh, guy from Connecticut. I currently live in Connecticut, so it's got a special place in my heart. So we're gonna rapid fire some questions at you about Connecticut. Trent's gonna start us off. Go ahead, Trent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm from New Hampshire. I spent a lot of time in Massachusetts, a New England guy through and through. Um, What does Connecticut bring to the table? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Connecticut, uh, for me, I mean, I love living there because I live on the the water. So I love having the ocean nearby. Um, More importantly, I think it's got some of the best pizza in the country. Mm. I hope uh, you guys have ever been to Pepe's. That's maybe one of the best pizza places ever. If you listen to Barstool Sports, they agree. Oh, for sure. Um, so that's probably our biggest our biggest, biggest selling point, New Haven
0: pizza. That, that actually brings me to my question. I was going to ask you, Frank Pepe's, Sally's, or Modern? I'm
2: going to have to go with Pepe's. I, uh, I had oh. a big long run there last year, and then I uh, went to Pepe's, and it was one of the best things I've ever had in my life, so I'm still Pep- still uh, living off that and haven't found anywhere on the West Coast that even matches.
0: Pepe's is all right, but I'm, I'm a Sally's guy through and through. You would be a Sally's guy. Oh, okay. You, <laughs> you no, Sally. No, no, no. <laughs> I can't believe this question has lasted this long, but it's the most important question of the interview. Yankees or Red Sox? I'm a Yankees
2: guy. I was born oh, in New no. York, so I've got to stay true. Sorry oh, if that hurts
0: anybody's feelings, but yeah, oh. I've got to...
1: Go, Yankees. Should we cut it right now, or do I we want to keep going? <laughs> yeah, I don't even
0: think we're gonna air this. It was this good up until there. I'm Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: is, <laughs> is Connecticut uh, more importantly part of New England or part of the tri-state? I feel like it has to choose one. So, so make a stand right now: tri-state or New England? What do you want to be part of?
2: I'm going to New England. Wow, after yeah, we have Yankees the New England come. championships in track.
1: True, very true. It's true. All right,
0: so here's a fun fact: Did you know? that as long as you are not the one behind the wheel, it is legal to drink in the car in Connecticut?
2: I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, now you do. uh... I'll make sure I'll tell my friends back there. (laughs) uh... not a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've driven through Connecticut. I think more people behind the wheel to drink than the passengers.
2: (laughs) Uh, um... Yeah, there's some aggressive drivers.
0: (laughs) Um, Mohegan
1: Sun or Foxwoods? Oh, great question! Very good question. Ooh, I actually haven't been to either. Ah, oh. well,
0: well, next my first, time. My first casino experience was Vegas, so I'm not sure if, if anything compares. Well, next time you're back on the East Coast, we'll take it.
1: Oh, perfect! Sounds good. Mohegan Sun. <laughs> That's the correct. <laughs> Mohegan Sun. All right. Okay, every every time I drive through Connecticut, I feel like my drive, is, there's two main landmarks I notice, and it's billboards for like adult stores and then <laughs> old trains with graffiti on it. When are we going to clean up the Connecticut highways and make it a little more presentable?
2: should probably have done that a while ago, but you know, that adds a little character. It, it reminds me of Seattle where I live in Lake City because all we have is strip clubs. So, <laughs> you know, driving through Connecticut, driving through Lake City, same thing.
1: Makes me feel at home. <laughs> okay. Mike, hit yeah. yeah. him with the last question.
2: <laughs> I was like, All oh, right. it feels just like Connecticut.
0: <laughs> Is there a single song written about Connecticut ever in the entire history of the world?
2: <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think so either. There's,
2: there's no like... I'll, I'm going to go look that up after this, though. <interesting>.
0: Uh, Henry, thank you so much for coming on. This was a ton of fun. Um, good luck with the rest of your training at Altitude, and good luck this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, take Thanks, care. Henry. And they stay there. And that interview with Henry Wynn was brought to you by the Irish Clover Road Race in Draket, Massachusetts on March 8th. Guys, I've said it a bunch of times, it's going to be an awesome race. It's going to be an even better after party. Come to the race, take your shot at winning $250 prize, and uh, have a good time at the after party. But, guys, we have some big news, a big announcement, something that we've been teasing for months now. We're going to be dropping it. We're going to be showing it off on our Instagram page tomorrow, and we'll be dropping it on our website on Friday. We finally, we finally have some merch for the for the fans. We got some Peak Too Early t-shirts up for sale on the website. Guys, I'm pumped about this. Steve, the social media world was going crazy over your almost reveal the other day. Be well done. happy. Well, no, no, they loved it. It was great. The anticipation <laughs> was built. It was fantastic. You did a little video. You're like, oh, we're going to show our new T-shirts. And as soon as you're about to lift it up, boom, the video
1: cut out. It was fantastic. It's a little, little tease, little tease. So I just want to give a big prop to, to the, the podcast here for actually making this happen, the execution. That was a New Year's resolution of mine, was for the podcast to execute on some of the incredible ideas that we've had to make the pod better and to get some fan engagement. And the fact that it's happening is is impressive. So um, shout out to to us for being great about accomplishing New Year's resolutions.
0: So I'm going to read the description of our t-shirt and kind of the inspiration for it. So the infamous stop pre-shirt became the symbol for the rebelliousness of the unstoppable Steve Prefontaine in the spirit of one of the greatest runners to ever do it. peak too early won't be stopped. Wear this shirt to show your support for the greatest running podcast in the world. We are going to work this podcasting game until it's a pure guts race. And if it is, we are the only ones that can win. Let's go, guys. Can I buy 50 50.
1: right now? Can I buy 50 after that description?
0: (laughs) So obviously, obviously we modeled it after, we modeled it after the stop, the famous stop pre-shirt. It was an idea that came to Mike and I halfway through the Boston Marathon while we were delirious out there, out of shape, drinking Miller Lights, you know, trying to power our way through 26 miles. Um, But it came out awesome. It came out so good. I'm so pumped. Dude, I love it. The, The shirt is great. And, I think it's inspiring to be like, all right, what's next for us? I feel like we got so many low-hanging fruit that we could capitalize on here for shirts, and we just got to start brainstorming. Maybe the listeners can help us throw out some ideas, but it might be a little bit so we can start getting those ones printed. But I think we got to get the engines moving and and start getting our next shirts on there. And guys, like, you know, Like we we, we mentioned it in a previous podcast, like we're not really trying to make like a, a ton of money off these shirts. Like we've been doing this podcast for almost about a year now and it costs money. There's little things that add up and it costs money and we're charging $18 a shirt. So um, they cost a lot to make. So we're not char- we're not marking up a whole lot. We're trying to um, make enough money on this shirt to continue to put out content and continue to do fun things, maybe new shirts. So we're not really trying to make a a, a ton of money. Think of it as a Kickstarter. Like if you want to support the support the the podcast and help us grow, um, you know, buy buy a t-shirt.
1: Yeah, this this T shirt is is like Steve says to Kickstarter. It's to pay for some of the expenses up front. Uh, the next shirts that Mike was talking about, that is just to line our pockets. That is so <laughs> yeah, we have some extra money that we can <laughs> so just, we make yeah, that money. <laughs> that's where we're trying to make it. So this one is to support us to get by. The next one we're gonna go crazy with. And there are other podcasts that will just
0: like straight up ask you for money to help support and keep things going. Like we're never gonna do that. Like we're always gonna like try to give you something in return if you ever give us a cent. Um, and this is kind of how we're doing it.
1: But if you did just want to give us money, yeah, you if won't you want ask ask to it once it. Yeah. no, just DM me out. My Venmo account's pretty not easy. Not
0: to ask for it, but you could give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, what do you have any good shirts ideas? I was thinking like um, we could try and like get people to team up against each other and have three. Uh, it's like a, a one shirt, but it's a three shirt series. So it's like. One shirt will say championship season. One shirt will say bender season. One shirt will say taper season. You buy the you buy the version of you know the one that is the most important to you. I like that. Yeah. I like so that. love you it. You like get team people teaming up against each other type of thing.
1: Mhm. I was thinking we could just do some like some modern art stuff. So just get like blank white tees and sell them for like eighty bucks or whatever, <laughs> and be like this is super artsy. What do you guys think about that?
0: Or we could just, like, hang them and, like, throw paint at them and, like, have, like, original designs, like, you know, abstract art. Another thing is, Steven we ran, or the three of us, when we ran the Boston Marathon, we ironed on those shirts. <laughs> we could just get, like, do a crap ton of those and just have the letters, like, hanging off. It will be, like, a vintage, <laughs> it was like, vintage P2 yeah. Early shirts. Yeah, and I promise, we these aren't iron-on shorts. These are, like, professionally done, <laughs> like, <laughs> legitimate shirts. But,
1: but if right, you do want iron-on shirts, Yeah, the yeah. next
0: ones will be iron-on
1: for sure. What about what about one of my 2,000-old, like, running shirts that I've got from, you know, random high school meets? I think I can sell those. Will people buy that? Yeah, right. Game worn?
0: Yeah. Those that have been through the wash, like, 50 times too many, and they, they're shrunken and don't fit anymore, and probably have, yeah, like, like, stains the, on them.
1: The Salem, New Hampshire, like freshman, sophomore, you know, invite of 2008, that kind of thing.
0: The 2007 Bay State Invitational long sleeve. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have to be like, you know, I have so many race shirts and I I have too many. You have to have like a pretty awesome shirt for me to want to keep the shirt. You know, I'd say I'd probably say 75 percent of the time I don't even take the race shirt anymore. Like I don't even bother like taking it to like give it a good will. It's just like I, it's not even it's not even worth taking up space in my closet. But the Irish Clover shirt is pretty awesome. <laughs> you, but you guys have seen it though. It is pretty dope though. It, it's good. It's a good shirt. It's no, you know, no. Uh, it's no stop P2E, but it's a good shirt. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. So guys, it, this shirt is going to be um, up for sale on Friday morning. And there's not a lot like this first this first, um, you know, line of shirts. We didn't get a ton. Um, so it's very it's very it's like limited edition. So if you want your opportunity to buy one of these shirts, you, you probably should act quickly because we're going to run out of sizes. We're going to run out of shirts um, and you're ha- you'll you'll be out of luck until our until the uh, the P2E second shirt. Um, so and if you do choose to buy a shirt, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We're going to you know, we're having a lot of fun doing this um, and we're going to we're going to keep growing. Guys, on that note, why don't we kick off the bell lap? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? So kind of on that note, um, we kind of got our, our website going now. It's peak2early.com. That's where you're going to be able to buy our T-shirts. And also, uh, we're going to try and start writing some blogs. I'm hoping to release my first one this week. Uh, it'll be a lot of the stuff I talked about on this episode. But I, I think the, the kind of idea is that to take a different approach like we're doing with the podcast and not have it be your standard articles that are boring and hard to read and stating facts. It's going to be our reaction to stuff. And it might be running news. It might just be random crap in the running world that we want to talk about. It can be whatever, but that's kind of what we're trying to do here with this. And so uh, in, in the next you know weeks, months or so, Head to com, check out some of our blogs, and uh, hopefully over time they'll start getting a little bit better and better, and uh, we'll start to figure that out just like we figured out this podcast game. That's
1: right.
0: Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app?
1: Big shout out to the uh, random stranger that I ran into in the north end on my way to work (laughs) the other day. One of my resolutions was for the fans to come out of the woodwork, you know, (laughs) ask for my autograph. Uh, Really gave me a good shout out. And some some crazy person, he was going by the name of Flo. I don't know if that's his first name or last name or what, but uh, he was a big fan of the pod. I think he's a big fan of me, particularly. And he, you know. Gave him a selfie, gave him some of my time, had to shoe him along so I'd get to work. But it felt good to, to be recognized, so I encourage more fans to, you know, find your way out and, and give me a give me a hello when you see me out there.
0: Trent, I saw the video that he posted online about that, uh, about meeting you, and your heading to work outfit is almost as ridiculous <laughs> as your at-work outfit. <laughs> what is
1: wrong with my heading to work outfit?
0: Go to go to uh go to peak too early on uh so it's peak number two early on Twitter to, to watch the video of trying to get a big ass yellow scarf. <laughs> it looks like a goop It was it, cold outside. <laughs> and hey, Flo isn't the only one to to recognize somebody. Mike, you got recognized in public too. Too. It was our guy, uh, our guy, Colin, right? Yeah, we. Uh, I went to a, a local five miler. I was trying to, trying to get some extra miles in with some people because I did do too so many, do too many miles by myself. And uh, I ran a, a pretty slow race, but my man Colin hit me up after. I, I wish I, I got to drink some beers with him after. But yeah, it's pretty cool being able to like show up to. Some, you know, random five mile, five k road race, and you know, there's fans, fans of the program there. So, uh, we'll try and do a better job of letting people know where we're heading, so that we can meet up with people, do some miles with them, and you know, drink a few Miller Lights with them. Absolutely, and guys, our our tickets are booked, our our hotels booked, our bags are packed. We are officially heading to the marathon trials. So we're going to be going there. We're going to be getting some content, maybe getting some uh, some interviews with people. Um, if anybody's going down to the trials, be sure to hit us up or we'll grab a couple beers with you. But other than that, I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation for
2: To talk
0: Trent, Trent, every year since like Mike was like in like sophomore year of high school, me, Mike, a uh, me, Mike, Patrick Donovan and Pat Florence always bet on the first score of the national championship game will be a safety, right? And, like, we've been, like, kind of close before, but did you watch the game last night?
1: I didn't watch it, no. Okay. I mean, I I read all the recaps and everything.
0: First drive, first drive, Clemson comes down. They punt it within to, like, the seven-yard line, right? On second down, um, Joe Burrow is wrapped (laughs) up in the end zone, and it manages to get a pass off, right? And so it's like— we had our hands on the quarterback. We'll never, ever be that close ever again. Clemson comes down, gets stopped at, like, the 35-40. They punt again to, like, the three-yard line, right? And there's a tackle. The, the 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 running back gets tackled, and his shoulder pad lands on, like, the one-centimeter line. <laughs> And, like, we've never been this close before. And it almost happened twice in the same game. Well, like, we should just stop because that is the closest no. ever. Yeah, ever right,
1: so yeah. I will do this till the day I die. <laughs>